Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. You know, any long-term listener of the show knows this is also a really interested program in what's happening in the news in general. Uh, all of that impacts all of our lives, including what's going on with the uh, situation with rampant anti-Semitism on American college campuses. And I think uh, unless you've had your head in the sand, you've heard of the story of the uh, Ivy League professors who uh, went to Capitol Hill to defend their policies uh, when it comes to the uh, things that are taking place in regards of, of anti-Semitism. And, and what was seen was really a disaster. And our guest today is uh, Rabbi David Wolpe, and he was uh, – um, with the Harvard Advisory Committee on Anti-Semitism, based on what he saw at that uh, committee and, and Harvard's president's response, uh, he has resigned. Um, welcome to the program. So glad to have you on. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, and I uh, I read about it, your whole perspective on it in the New York Times. I, I, I read, read the Times regularly, and uh, I found that uh, what was spoken there, you only had like a paragraph, and it was kind of frustrating, to be honest with you, because in that <laughs> short paragraph, it was a very nuanced explanation about you, the situation, and why you left. And, uh, of course, it was kind of brushed over, um, again, making the story that led to your resignation uh, completely overshadowed the resignation itself. And I, th I thought your resignation, what you said, even in that short paragraph, was telling. Talk about that. Well, what I, what I said, it was, that was extracted from a slightly longer post on X, which used to be mm -hmm. Twitter. Um, where I said, essentially, first of all, that I felt that the, while it's a wonderful committee, that the university clearly was not doing what I felt had to be done to meet the moment, and also that there was a deeper problem than any single individual, which is that the ideology that reigns at many of these universities is inherently um, unsympathetic to Jews, uh, to say the best, to say at least, and... Uh, and also in its way dangerous. And so I thought by being off the committee and speaking out about it, I could do more than by being on a committee bound by confidentiality and not achieving what I had hoped. Yeah, absolutely. Talk about, uh, you know, really, and also what I gathered, uh, I have a lot of imagination, Rabbi, so <laughs> I get carried away to feel free to check me. But what I gathered even in that short uh, explanation there, uh, there in the article, was that uh, the problem is just so far-reaching, even far, far beyond the really weak, weak response uh, by the yes. president. So I found absolutely shocking. Um, Talk a little bit about how systemic you see it, some of the dimensions of it, and how really it seems like in our conversations we're only scratching the surface. We are, I agree, because the, the ideology is, can be characterized in lots of ways, but maybe an easy way to think about it is it divides the entire world into oppressors and oppressed. And if you're an oppressor, you can't do anything right, and if you're oppressed, you can't do anything wrong. And that's why you had the shocking sight of the day that Hamas uh, came over the fence and butchered Israelis, people saying that that was a good thing to do because mm -hmm. they were by their lights the oppressed and therefore that was liberation. It wasn't slaughter and murder 
and butchery. Um, and that kind of access, first of all, it, it takes away the individuality of every human being. Um, and second, it divides all groups into two. And everybody knows, like, you can't decide, you can't divide societies with meat cleavers like that. Um, that we're all many, many, many different things at different times. And while there is clearly, like, genuine racism or oppression in society, the way to diagnose this is not to say, oh, this group is entirely innocent and this group is entirely guilty. Um, and when you do that, you get moral atrocities like we saw um, on the 7th and the kinds of things that people said about it. Yeah, absolutely. There's no question about it. And I think you pretty much summarized the entire binary culture, uh, politi particularly political culture, that we're living in today. Um, you know, and, and to me it's absolutely terrifying. And it's so funny that they would put the – and again, uh, I have problems with the Israeli government. You probably do too. Uh, but, but again, just like I have plenty of problems with my own government. But yep. you know, it's funny to see these progressives lump the uh, Israel, uh, Israel into the oppressor camp in their binary thinking. When they, when it's like completely negating uh, millennia of uh, being oppressed and uh, still continue to be. And to me, I just find it shocking. It's very, very uh, odd rose-colored glasses. Yeah, I mean, there are so many ways in which the narrative doesn't fit. Um, Jews are about 2% of the United States, and they account for about 65 to 70% of the hate crimes. So yeah. that's very weird. If it's an oppressive group, we're not doing a very good job of it. Um, and... and uh, and the same thing is true in the Middle East. I mean, there are 50 Muslim nations. There's one Jewish state. And when people say, you know, that this is the evil colonialist power, you just think, I, mean, I, I was a rabbi in Los Angeles for many years. Most of my congregants, probably 60, 70 percent, were, had fled Iran in 1979. And... They didn't feel like they were the oppressor power, and they certainly are never going to get to go back to Iran and recover the millions or billions of dollars of resources and land and homes and, and memories and the graves of their ancestors that they left. Um, it's just the narrative doesn't fit the reality, uh, but that's often true with ideologies. Uh, ideology makes the, uh, ma makes the story fit the ideology and not what's happening in the world. Yeah, absolutely. It makes zero sense. And I just scratch my head and, and wonder how it persists. Um, I think, you know, another thing, I, did, I read a lot out of a very short yes. statement that they were referring sure. to, uh, Rabbi. But, you know, I, I think that, you know, what I see is a frustration in the entire approach on your part on, on what they're doing and what they're even talking about, um, that, that uh, the problem is so much more systemic. Um, yes. Talk a little bit about that, and talk a little bit about the uh, the panel you were on, the committee you were on. Uh, was it a real so they, reflection of people who understand understood the systemic right. nature? They do. I mean, the the panel I was on, they're serious people, and I think they really do understand it. Um, they are all, almost all of them, are part of Harvard, and I think that they're very deeply committed to trying to work this through for Harvard, no matter how long it takes. For me, I felt responsible to the larger Jewish community because I'm new to Harvard and I had come from a pulpit 
And I thought at a certain point, I just couldn't be a party to it because people kept asking me, you know, it's getting worse and worse. What are you doing on that committee? Why are you still on that committee? Why are you giving that committee credibility? Um, and the truth was, I, I didn't have a good answer. I just didn't. Uh, but, but this is, I, I also want to make clear, and I think this is implied in what you said, it's not only about Harvard, and it's not only about other campuses. I mean, it's true that Berkeley, Dartmouth, Columbia, they're all Penn, um, but it's also this same ideology that is entirely based on identity and not on, um, on action is in media, it's in businesses, it's pervasive, and it becomes very dangerous when you're not willing to look at how individual human beings actually behave. You only care about their origin or race or religion. Yeah, yeah, it's a bizarre form of groupthink, very bizarre yes. form of groupthink. You know, and I think back, you know, of another oppressed person, uh, Martin Luther King Jr., who said back in the 1960s, it's not the color of our skin, skin but the content of our character. That's a highly ind individualistic way of yep. looking at people, and it makes simple but perfect sense. And all of that is just disregarded as we have a groupthink mentality that sanctions people as endangered species, uh, you know, quote, yep. uh, oppressed. And, and those who are oppressors in very simplistic terms, I, I hate to say it, but there's a, a bunch of uh, white oppressors out there, Anglo white oppressors that, uh, you know, of, of my ethnic origin. So there's a whole bunch of really good ones. And you can say yes. that about every single ethnic group. It requires a lot more thinking, a lot more nuance, all of which seems to be despised in our current culture. Yeah, it's very difficult. Also, you know, at 20 years old, your your first concern isn't nuance. It's to to shout slogans, to to make disturbances, to join with others who do that in rallies, which make you feel good. Um, and and I think at least I hope that maybe uh, maybe some of these people will grow out of this uh, very um, very crude binary division of human beings uh, and. And maybe they'll uh, maybe they will also learn what uh, something else that Martin Luther King Jr. once said, which is when people tell you they're anti-Zionist, what they're really telling you is they're anti-Semitic. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So you that's yeah. a, that's a kind of controversial statement on your part. You know, that, I know. Right? Well, what I would say is what I would say is it is. I'm just quote. I just quoted. But what I would yeah, say is yeah. you aren't automatically, but there's a huge overlap. So can you, in theory, be anti-Zionist without the anti-Semitic? Yes, of course, you can. But the overlap is so great that that's why when Israel does something wrong, you see people, you know, bombing synagogues or picketing restaurants in, in Paris or Philadelphia or London. Why are they doing that? That doesn't change the, the you know, you don't know what the person in, inside thinks about the Israeli government. It's because they're Jewish. So there is a lot of anti-Semitism that motivates anti-Zionism. Um, but, uh, yeah, of course, like every question, if we analyze it carefully, it's going to be a little more complicated than that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, yeah, and it's, again, it's hard to be nuanced. If I say something critical yeah. of the Israeli government, and frankly, I have a yep. bunch of problems with it. And really what it's based on is... Uh, we could have another conversation about that. <laughs> you, know, you know, I have problems with the curtailment of liberties, and that's happening, I think, with the judicial 
so-called judicial reforms that are going on there. I'm concerned about the population of the Jewish people there. Um, but, uh, you know, that is, that, again, it's a nuanced conversation, right? I'm totally pro-Israel. There is this, yeah. this is such a ridiculous conversation about how they're splitting hairs on this situation. And I don't know how you would yeah. deal with a problem like Hamas than one that's really total, like it yep. appears Israel's doing. It seems like the only appropriate response is a total response to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I, I'm not going to – this is a separate conversation. Um, I, oh, yeah. I don't know what else the Israeli government militarily should do. Um, I haven't heard persuasive other uh, possibilities, but it's very you – know, the, whole, the whole situation is extremely painful and obviously uh, – Obviously, we're not going to solve it uh, on your show. We would take at least <laughs> two shows. Yeah, my income would go up significantly if I could. Um, so getting, getting to, to wrapping it up, and you did phenomenal yeah. uh, being with us, and I love your candor and the giving us a really uh, broad, much broader, nuanced view of what's going on. Yeah. I, I know a lot of people, including myself, since I read that, because you have so much to offer in the conversation, and I know you do a lot in your community, but... What what are you doing to help in this space, and, and what do you see doing uh, to help impact those who are not Jewish right. to understand this? Because to me, that, well, that's huge. That's where yeah. the ignorance really is. I'm going to continue to write and teach. I'm still at Harvard for another semester, and I'm speaking to students, to faculty, still to the committee and to the administration. Uh, and and I'm and I'm grateful to you because you help amplify these messages that I think are really important. And uh, I want to I speak out as much as I can uh, to as broad an audience as I can about these things that I think are genuinely uh, dangerous civilizationally and that we have to be aware of. Yes. Not, so thank you. You're, you're, what you share is so important, not only from helping us understand anti-Semitism and, and discrimination, but you speak with nuance, which is impossible, personally impossible to find, even among academ you know, academia, which blows my mind. That's what academia was supposed to be about historically. And you bring so much nuance to this conversation. Uh, and, and one who has a very personal stake just from your background in what happens, yes. you still bring that nuance. And so it's so powerful. Thank you so much. Do you have yeah. a website that you would like people to, to uh, learn more about? Um, they can find me. They can find me at Rabbi Wolpe on uh, on um, on either Facebook or uh, what's now called X or David J. Wolpe on Instagram, any of those. We will have the link okay. to your website over at priceofbusiness.com too. Thank you so much for being with us. Great. Thank you so much for having me. Bye-bye. I'm Kevin Price. This is The Price of Business.